I want to I want to start by talking about a new segment that uh, that I want to enter in. My last one, Countdown to the Tenant, was at the end of our podcast. I want this one to be at the start because I want to try um, to uh, integrate this segment into the full podcast each week, okay? So, oh, what was that? <laughs> I said okay. Okay. Um, so I want to introduce... <laughs> Um, Johnny's oh, 90s slang of the week. That's right, Johnny's 90s slang of the week. That's hard to say, so I might have to redo that in post. Maybe. So uh, each week I'm going to talk to you about a 90s slang that we're not using anymore. Um, I want to do my best to use it during our podcast. And um, I I want, if you if you have the guts want you and everyone here listening to try to use it throughout their week a little bit too. Um, see if we can bring back any of these 90s slang. Uh, I mean, come on, it's in a pandemic, right? Let's have some fun with the old slang. I think you're right on time, right? What's old is new, right? Like, you know how like in, uh, it took about like 20 years after disco died for it to become part of EDM. <laughs> That's right. So there's a chance here. There's a chance. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Um, so this week's 90s slang, we're going to start with a big one, okay, as uh, cheesy as it's going to be. This week's the first inaugural 90s slang, Johnny's 90s slang, is getting jiggy with it. Okay, it had to happen, so I wanted to get it out of the way as quick as as quickly as possible. Getting jiggy with it, um, I'm going to say, was um, you know brought to this world by Will Smith. I don't know if anyone said getting jiggy with it first. We have him. Oh, he birthed that. Yeah, he birthed it, right? Do you know what getting jiggy with it means? Well, yeah, I guess, right? Well, what do you think it means? Um, (laughs) To dance and stuff, right? Like get get down and boogie, get jiggy with it. Right. I I mean, Will Smith's a clean guy, so it's not like it was. That's correct. not like it was D'Angelo out there saying get jiggy with it, in which case we know what D'Angelo means. Yeah, it's like uh, about being cool and trendy. Uh, it has, has to do with dancing. Um, and it, But it did get it did get a little naughty. Um, people, Actually. you know, you know, people uh, kind of evolved with getting jiggy with it. And it, it did uh, have some sexual nuances later on in its life. I don't know if anyone's still using it like. Uh, can't imagine it going well for you on a date to suggest getting jiggy with it anymore but uh if if this is if you're on a date this week and you've heard this podcast you know that your challenge is to use that word so you should try it should see if it works right hey you want to go to the disco and get jiggy with it I guess that's a simple setup, though, right? Like, you know what I really miss yeah. now that we're yeah. in the pandemic? It's just getting jiggy with it. Yeah, yeah. It's been so long. Hey, would you like whipped cream on your latte? Yeah, get jiggy with that whipped cream. Jiggy with that whipped cream. Okay. You know, it can work in different ways now. Just have to bring it to life. I think you need to hashtag that, right? Though it's like got to be hashtag jiggy. Yeah. Right? Like, you got to start getting getting that behind someone's like. You, you, you could be like, I got this whip on my latte. Throw the picture of the hashtag jiggy. Hashtag jiggy. Jiggy with the whip. 
Jiggy yeah, with the whip. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Getting jiggy with the whip. Oh, my! I bet you my audio just got way better. Fuck. Oh, maybe. My mic fell. My mic oh. fell. Oh. That's okay. So getting yeah. jiggy with it is the is the term of the week. All right, the 90s. Johnny's 90s slang. All right, and, and it's like a Fight Club mission, eh? So people have to go out and, like, use it during the week. That's right. It, it Yes. Um, you have no names during the night, the Johnny's <laughs> 90s slang um, competition. Okay. Uh, only in death do you have a name. So if saying getting jiggy with you, getting jiggy with it ends your life this week, um, first of all, can you confirm that takes on um, no liability? Uh this is yeah. merely a suggestion for fun, not for violence or danger. I, I can jig with that. But uh, if something happens, you get your name back anyways. <laughs> Good to know. So that that's that's your goal this week. That's the first Johnny's 90s catchphrase of the week. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like I called it four different titles. Uh, well, I'm gonna have to go back and find out. But um, well, no, I, I like it, right? Because it's like the the mission is to go say the words, yeah. but by but by saying the words, you're actually living the words. Yeah, you are. That's right. You know, you're I've actually got... getting jiggy with it. <laughs> I've got some that are way better uh, and easier to use, and you'll feel less like an asshole using. But I wanted to get getting jiggy with it out of the way. I just wanted to get jiggy with the start of this new segment. And that's how I'm doing it. You see what's happening here? We're using jiggy this week. On can you confirm that? Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, listen, I want to have some real talk right now with everybody, okay? If you're listening and you laughed, because I was listening uh, to my own podcast today, and I laughed with myself, okay? That's the mission of making content on the internet. It's making sure that you're having fun with it. So I'm having fun with it. If you are too, any of you, please tell a friend because we are. We need your support. Um, try to say, hey, you know what? I laughed at this part here. Just listen to that part. Turn it off right away and enjoy that part. And maybe you'll start liking these guys. Eventually. You know, whatever happens. Um, on. Yeah, or never turn it off. Yeah. Off. That's Right, mute or something if you have to, I guess. On episode 12, um, I want to talk. And if you want to record yourselves, oh, hold on before okay. we go too far. We're encouraging fun, right? I mean, yeah, of course. This So I want to know yeah. how fun would it be? How fun would it be if we can get some people out there recording themselves actually <laughs> saying, sure, tag us that they're getting yeah. jiggy with it? Send it in. And see if we'll you pin, end up on we'll next pin you on our on our Twitter. And we if you currently don't have, we'll, we'll pin. <laughs> or we'll create an EDM track of the best getting jiggy with it sound clips. Uh, no, we won't. That sounds like a lot of work. We won't do that. Um, oh man, it was gonna be you that did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why I'm already saying no. <laughs> um, that's okay. So this week, episode twelve, it's gonna be a good one. Okay, it's real hot in my apartment. Things are going to happen that I, I can't predict right now. Things are going to happen. I'm going to get jiggy with it, big time. Um, we're going to talk about Vin Diesel's new banger of a song. Uh, Enola Holmes, 
the new uh, Billy Bobby Brown film. That was good. Uh, I want to I want to say you know Shit's Creek. I'm pretty proud of Shit's Creek. I watched that show from probably season three on. I feel pretty proud of that. Um, and their huge end streak. And then uh, I want to talk about the Fast Times in Richmond High table read that happened. It was a charity read with a super huge cast. So if you haven't seen it, can't wait to tell you who's in this. So where should we start? Should we start with Vin Diesel? I think that would be a fast place to start. Oh, ho, ho. I see what you're doing there. Hey, so Vin Diesel and he, you know, he kind of deserves and demands us start with him anyways. Right. He's like, who does he, you know? Oh yeah, I think so. Like he's like, okay. people are going to turn off this crap anyway let's put me on first that's that he, i got that email um so he's got a song with kaigo do you know who that is i don't know yeah yeah okay yeah. Am, I, yep. am, I, am i saying it right kaigo i couldn't eh, be older right? sure i couldn't be a, more of a boomer right now <laughs> uh k-y-g-o is that how you say it Kigo? I, I, I think you're right but i mean i could really yeah. fuck with you and tell you that the k is silent yeah yigo Ego? Yeah. Right. Sure. So he's got a song called Feel Like I Do. And it's okay. real boring. Oh, okay, good. It's real boring. I, I'm going to play a second of it. Um, I'll put a good version in later. But I want you to you tell me if it's not. Hear that at all? I can barely hear it, but I can hear enough to know that it's boring. boring. So there's not a lot of change from that like tempo and energy. Uh, and I feel like Vin needs to give me more energy. That's all. It's very much like any celeb could do that. Like we already know his voice, so it's okay to listen to it. It's nothing special. It's not like holy shit, this guy can really sing. You're not going to be surprised by the amount of effort or. Uh, technical skill in this one is is this for something like is it for a movie a commercial a promotion of something or is it just really like vin diesel's gotten this board during He's quarantine bored. okay vin's bored okay. yes vin is bored um okay <laughs> vin is bored okay um he's ran out of things to do he's missing paul you know like he just he's writing a song um, he's furious he he debuted it on the Kelly Clarkson show. Okay. So his management team was pushing for it to get to number one, for sure. Yeah, by taking it to Kelly Clarkson, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like we call it a banger of a tune. Okay. okay. Hot banger. Um. So, yeah, he said that he was just kind of like not didn't have enough to do. No one's inviting him to table reads with Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. I mean, I guess the table read he gets invited to would be Guardians because they know he can handle it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Line. <laughs> <laughs> it's Groot, Finn. It's Groot. <laughs> Fuck's sakes. I, mean, I don't know if I've ever heard that joke before, <laughs> but there's got to be a joke on the internet about him asking for his line. I, I think we may have just created that meme, if not. <laughs> You know it's going to be out there next week, knowing how things work around here. Line. Then it's I am Groot. 
right. you know right. but that's cute. the thing right like he he's in quarantine making music's easy i think kaigo is one of those guys who like makes music on tiktok <laughs> anyways um so like it's... yeah i mean making music's easy if you're used to making it. <laughs> buddy have you heard the new rap album that was dropped by canada's number four grocery chain yeah no what? frills who's number four no oh. frills dropped an album man and it's like you listen to the whole thing and i i sent it to people i sent like one of the tracks called it's called holland state of mind and i sent it to like four Wait, or five people who's rapping yeah Did it's they... a full-on produced album buddy beats like verses and it's about like taking your reusable bags and it's about like shopping for deals and and honestly i sent it to people the one track and half of the people came back to me and were like it wasn't until i listened to it the second time that i realized what the fuck this was that's marketing right like that's good is it like uh the grocery manager of the heartland store uh, like the produce managers on track three or whatever yeah, like, man. what's how is it, or is it like Chocolair and like Canadian? Yeah, it's 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 got to be people that they found through SoundCloud or something, where they're like, "Hey, this person's decent and serviceable. Okay. Here's some pre-written shit that came from our marketing team, anyways, and here's some producers we'll use." And it's it's fine, man. Like it's perfectly like, for something you can find on Apple and Spotify that is made by a grocery chain. It's the perfect marketing <laughs> thing, right? Like their Twitter account's pretty great in the first place um cool yeah no yes. i mean it i don't know how they did it. this it's a thing of social media marketing right so like um they sure the no frills account will live tweet things like events but in a very no frills fashion right so if they're live tweeting the emmys it's stuff like lady in dress approaches stage to accept award because there's no frills okay. to that tweet right it's just like the basic. So, what was it recorded on? Um, like on a voice recorder on a cell phone, because you didn't want to buy any software for it. No frills. Oh, like the album? Yeah. Like, did they go to a studio or did they freaking record it on like a free version of GarageBand? Like, they're no frills, right? Well, I don't know, man. Half the stuff on like the top fifty now is recorded on GarageBand. All right, <laughs> like you never know anymore. That's the thing. It's. I have a feeling they put more money into it than most people do, which is also saying something, That's right? Fair. Yeah. Oshawa West's assistant manager had an old iPad or something yeah. they could record on. Yeah. So you're mocking it now, but you're gonna go back. You're gonna find it later, and you're yeah. gonna be like, "The fuck?" Probably, probably not. It'll um, find you. Well, I mean, I'm more interested in it than I am listening to Vin Diesel's song again. I bet you Vin Diesel's a feature on it. <laughs> feel like I do in the frozen food section of the right. full title. Parking lot races. <laughs> Track seven. Does the cart do the cartwheels <laughs> really lock? <laughs> Donuts in aisle eight. <laughs> okay, that was good. <laughs> All right. Ain't nobody following my arrows on the ground. Vinny Diesel. He's not aging so, well, eh? And like normally bald guys like age fine because they're bald and you can't really tell what's going on. But like no man. He's not aging like, well? You put him next to the rock and the rock oh. looks like he's still the fucking rock from twenty years ago, right? Vin Diesel does not look like Vin Diesel from twenty years ago. 
Um, the Rock is bigger and better than right. ever. Actually, like, he looked worse than twenty years like, ago. And, like Jason Statham, still Jason Statham looking. Right. <laughs> but Vin leads a hard life. Really? Okay. He parties hard. Yeah, Vin is like. He's up all night playing D and D with his best buds. Vin is a dork, yeah, but right? You know I, that, right? Like he's like he's like one of us, one of you, um, one of you. Okay, one of me. <laughs> yeah, will you be fucking lumping me in with this? <laughs> like he, like okay, you're right. Sure. Delusion. What was that friggin' not Last Airbender? Was it like what did he play? The like uh, he played that one nerdy role for like no money, just and he like kept making roles or something, right? The Windbreaker, what was it called? You know what Pacifier I mean? for Disney? I don't no, know. No, no, no. The last airbender is a movie name. I don't know if he was in it. No, it was something else, like uh not The Witcher, something like The Witcher. Hang on, I'm gonna tell you. And it was like what was it based on? Like a RPG or something? No, what? RPG, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. That's right. It was like kind of based on like an RPG type of thing. The Last Witch Hunter. That's what it is. He like did it for nothing because he just wanted to be the witch hunter, I think. Because he's like totally like a regular old nerd, but he just has like muscles and like lives one quarter mile at a time. Unlike most of us nerds who live one Mountain Dew at a time. Like, I don't know. Guy's not bench pressing weights. He's bench pressing like his... <laughs> D and D Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those things can be heavy. Yeah, that's right. For endurance, he steps on twenty-sided dice. All right. Well, that's new information about Vin Diesel. <laughs> Doesn't of, inform his movie choices in any way. Some of it may be true. One. No, he's done. If you think about it, like Riddick is kind of a, like a sci-fi movie. Gardens well, of the Galaxy nerd stuff, though, right? Yeah, like he sort of he sort of does pick nerdy stuff. A I don't know if that's nerdy stuff. That's like, um, well, like, like super, like you know, what I mean, like triple X and all that stuff. It's all action, right? Like to him, it's action based. So it's not like he gets into the nerdy side of things. He's he's into the the blow it up stuff. Well, right. I think he does the blow it up stuff to pay to do like, um, you know how like Chris Evans he does like the Marvel stuff so he can do artsy. Yeah, films. No, but I think like, Vin's like Vin does Fast Nine because he wants to do The Last Witch Hunter too. Yeah, but the last Witch Hunter two must have had a few explosions in it, or else he just wouldn't have been interested in the first place. No, it doesn't have explosions. Oh yeah, I'm sure it has lots of fucking long extrapolation, it has and like exposition of characters. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ten minute long monologues by elves, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, man. Actually, that would be kind of cool. You know what? Like, okay, if he did like a, um, he showed up in like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Then that would, I guess, would give him full marks on. I'll give him full marks on it. But I don't think he's well, got he, it. You don't know. He might have auditioned. Well, he might be part of the new one that's coming on Prime soon, I guess. The Amazon one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever the, whenever that gets up. That'd be cool, right? He could do something. I like those, right? Like, um, the franchises. The, the, the Lord of the Whip Rings one that's going to be on Amazon has... It can't be the movies. They're not rebooting the movies, but they have all of that history to work with, right? And they use um, like the, the like the scenes, like all the, like um, yeah, yeah, set scenes that uh, what's his face set up. 
that end, uh, it's more um, you're gonna they're gonna cover time periods that haven't been covered in the movies, but we know exist. Kind of the way I guess the Star Wars universe is expanding into that way too, right? Where it's like we're gonna go cover millennials that never have been discussed, but we know exist. Okay. Um, kind of like uh, kind of like the movie you want to talk about, right? Arthur Conan Doyle writes a couple of books, and then someone wants to write a book and a story about a niece or nephew. Like, what? How's that one work? So you are talking about um, Sherlock Holmes, Arthur Conan Doyle's most famous character. Um, yeah, I mean that character has been um, displayed and written in many different forms. Mm -hmm. um, most popular for our generations would be uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s. Um, Guy Ritchie version, and then Ben Badu Cumberbatch, um, his version. Uh, so, like, um, Tony Stark played one, and Doctor Strange played one. And now there's a new version. Henry Cavill is playing Sherlock Holmes in a movie about his younger sister, Enola Holmes, which is starring Millie Bobby Brown. And it was really pretty good, actually. Um, so, Sherlock and Mycroft are played by Henry Cavill and Sam, um, is it, uh, Claffing? Claffling? Um, Sam Claffling is from, uh, The Hunger Games. You'd recognize him. He plays Mycroft. Uh, he's amazing. He's really funny. Like, he's really good in this. And I really like Henry Cavill in this, too. And it's great to imagine, like, Sherlock being, like, Superman jacked. But it's really starring Millie Bobby Brown, and she's really good. Like, she does the fourth wall a lot. She like uh, talks to the camera quite a bit. It's sort of narrated again. Um, it's really fun. Uh, she sets off on a case to find her mother, who disappears on her on the day of her sixteenth birthday. Sounds like it's, uh, I like Millie, so I'm going to watch yeah. it. Yeah, you should watch it. I did not know that Henry uh, Cavill, Cavill, whatever, yeah. was in, that's actually in it. I did not, so that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah, the cast has some really good chemistry, I think. Um, I like the versions of Sherlock and Mycroft, like not, not too different from what we've seen it seems to me that a lot of them take that Guy Ritchie, like, memory approach and, and stuff like that. That's become pretty iconic, um, that quick recall. Who else played Sherlock? Um, Paul something, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out right now. But Lucy, Lucy Liu played Watson. Oh, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah. Uh, the guy, the sick boy from Trainspotting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he was Who also was... on Dexter as a um, guy. He was also in a play with um, Benedict Cumberpatch. They were in... Uh... Johnny Lee Miller. That's who we're thinking of right now. Oh, that's who? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. They were in Frankenstein's Monster, or whatever they called it, on uh, yeah, I... Broadway. Or... Um, did it ever actually come out? Hold on. That play? No, I'm thinking of Will Ferrell's movie where he plays Sherlock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sadly it did come out. 
Oh, it did. Uh, okay. It's not worth your time at all. I, it's the first Will Ferrell movie that I turned off before it was over. Like it was, and I watched all of Eurovision. So that's saying something. Because Eurovision, I didn't get that well much either. Here's an interesting one. Now that you've got me going down the rabbit hole of people who played Sherlock Holmes. Sure, yeah. Uh, Sir Ian McKellen, as okay, well yeah, as yeah. Christopher Lee. Okay, yeah. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, these are all, I mean, Sherlock Holmes has been written so many Michael times. Michael Caine, Christopher Plummer. There's some good names on this list. Yeah, sure. But that's about it. Our, we, know, we know Robert Downey kind of mostly, right? Like, him and Benedict is kind of our, our two iconic Sherlock's for us, I think. Yeah, there was someone growing up that I'm trying to remember. Like, I just remember that there was something that I used to watch when I was like, you know, before my teens or like preteen kind of thing. Um, yeah. I just can't remember who it was or where it was that like it was an indelible sort of impression, though. But I obviously can't remember right now. Um, yeah. Because it was definitely before. Like, you know, what I mean, like we, I was familiar and I had like a, who Sherlock. Was. Yeah. And I had a picture of who I thought this person was. So I remember when I saw the Robert Downey version of it. Yeah. It, it was everything. Yeah. And I mean, I liked the Benedict. The Benedict one seemed more true to form for me right um and then yeah so it's like it's every take is different but i mean as long as there's they're real to what's supposed to be or what it is right well you had the hat in your mind right when you were a kid that uh yeah that hat that sherlock and wears i don't know what the, that's the, like called with the two brims yeah and the pipe right yeah. yeah those are the things that were iconic too the silhouette right like that silhouette's kind of in, in my head of uh the, the yeah the hat with the pipe in the mouth so, um, Enola, which is in the backwards, is alone, gets ditched by her mom. And uh, yeah, I didn't figure that out. It's just the movie tells me. Um, so, she goes on a quest and she shares her brother's skills. So, she's quite a lot like um, Sherlock. Not Mycroft, but Sherlock. Because Mycroft, if you know or don't, is a politician. Still quite intelligent, but a politician. Not a detective. He doesn't have the uh, the gift memory and yeah, he doesn't have the Holmes gift. But it seems like Mother did and taught Enola all the tricks. Um, quite it was quite a fun little journey though. Yeah, I've always been fascinated yeah. with the Holmes story. So like I, I'll like this take, I'm sure, because it'll be nice easy Enola version, I guess. But just yeah. the, you know the other take. Um, I think she's a good actress, you know, like yeah. when Eleven first came on my screen, man, I was like so into that. Yeah, like, yeah. The first season and when you first see Eleven, she's perfect. Like she plays that role great. She's a good little actress. Nice. I like uh, the whole Sherlock mystique, right? Like it's, yeah. Um, I think it's, I'll, I'll give, it would be weird for me to think that there are people out there that would be like, oh, it's overblown or it's not important or it's not. Like, listen, you might not like the literature itself, but when an author can legitimately create an industry that never existed before, right? Like, this guy wrote in a book the idea of somebody looking for fingerprints, which actually made police departments at the time in, like, the early 1900s be like, hey, is this something we can actually do? Right. Right? Like, forensics became a thing because of some guy who created it. Uh, and for fiction, 
right? So like those kinds of things are always cool to me. Um, that's why like um, like a like a Kubrick will do like a two thousand one, and you've got like a Hal, and then like now here we are living it with Alexa. Like there are people who've had to put this out there first for for us to kind of venture down that road. So Sherlock's definitely cool in that sense. I mean, it's become such an ingrained part of the culture that uh, is it is it myth or legend at this point, right? Like some people, what like people go to London to like is it two twenty one B or something like that, like Baker Street or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People go to his address, right? Like they would go to Jim Morrison's grave. Like it's like it's ingrained in the culture. People go to Walter White's house to like throw pizzas on the roof. <laughs> and it's a real person's house. Fuck, that and, that's the worst, right? And that that person has like you know come to grips with the fact <laughs> that from time to time they oh, gotta like heck. clear a fucking pizza off the roof. But yeah, I mean, like I think it got to the point where that person put like a sign out front where it was like, "You are wel- welcome to like take pictures as long as you're like standing in this area, which is like a good selfie spot, but do not throw any fucking pizzas." <laughs> I love pizza, so give me it. Throw it on my roof. Imagine Just make sure it lands right. in the box. I don't want that no box one like Walter White. Throw it up there in the box. I can eat it. I want to find the Home Alone house and do the break and right, you know? <laughs> Get the job done. Um, speaking of iconic, the next thing I want to mention, uh, I know I'm moving through things, but uh, that's how I want to go today, right? Yeah, keep it zippy. Yeah, be jiggy about it. Um, that was an opportunity I missed. Was it? Uh, well, okay, so a little show that um, I watched uh, that I was like, whoa, this show is really good. Felt low, like like Corner Gas Budget um, when I started watching it. Corner Gas, also legendary though, right? Like in its yeah, own way. Yeah, totally legendary. Um, I started watching Shit's Creek in season three, I and, uh, you know, like, I was always a fan of Second City, and um, so, like, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, like, they did bring me to the show. Um, and, uh, speaking of Home Alone. <laughs> so, th- these two characters, I was like, there's no way this is bad. When I started watching it, like, not even right away did I realize that Dan, Le- like, Dan Levy was Eugene Levy's son. I didn't, he wasn't on my radar at all. Like, I didn't see him when he was on MTV or anything prior you know where i know him from where do you know him from he hosted the great canadian baking show oh okay and that was cbc was that now schitt's creek was already running during that right yeah so i think schitt's creek was in all probably in that second or third season and i think he was okay probably in his first or second season of hosting that um but you know me and my cooking shows so i found him there and i was like oh yeah i know this guy i've seen him in the commercials for things um, yeah. And then when you saw him in a commercial with standing next to Eugene Levy and you see their last names, you're like, well, there's yeah. that can't be a coincidence, can it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Look at those eyebrows. Right? Yeah, that runs in families, man. But I like Eugene Levy. He uh, he looks like my Uncle Joe. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, my Uncle Joe, who lives in uh, Massachusetts. So he kind of has like a Eugene Levy vibe. Both have big eyebrows. Uncle Joe won't hear this. Um, yeah, so um, they did something since like in 80 years of uh, Emmys has never been done before. They swept 
comedy, uh, comedy, uh, what's it called? Category? Category, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah. You. Yeah. They swept it. So they won every major award this year for the Emmys. It was crazy. So they won, let me tell you what they won, okay, first of all. So they won Best Comedy or Outstanding, they call it. Outstanding Comedy Series, Outstanding Writer in a Comedy Series, Outstanding Director in a Comedy Series. Um, best casting in a comedy series, um, best modern costuming in a comedy series, best actor for Eugene Levy, best actress for Catherine O'Hara, best supporting actor, Dan Levy, and best supporting actress, uh, uh, Annie Francis, I think. Anne, Fra Anne Francis, Annie Francis. Um, and he also won for writer and director, Dan Levy. So, and they swept, which is super crazy. That show, man, is gonna is gonna be legendary. You know, they became the world's biggest show in the world uh, right before their last season aired. Basically, like um, they sort of like crept up to superstardom in their fifth season, and then announced the end on the sixth. Like they went hi out higher than Seinfeld did, I think. Oh, I don't know about that, but I mean, I think it, they they went out at the right peak of their popularity they they did yeah. a breaking bad yeah they, they pulled a breaking bad where where everybody kind of got into that show just as it was peaking at the end um the opposite of like a sopranos kind of thing um the opposite of a game of thrones like game of thrones was one of those shows where they had to give everybody the emmys at the end of the last season i hate when that shit happens too by the way we should talk about that on an episode one day too about like shows that get recognized that shouldn't um, do you think that that happened to Schitt's Creek, or do you think it earned it? I, I don't know if six was wasn't my favorite season. No, yeah, it 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 was clearly given the awards based on its track record, which is which is fine, it. right? Yeah. Like, which, yeah. but that's the whole thing I'm trying to get at is like, which means it should have probably gotten it in season three or four or five. So that's I mean, it's become a thing now, right? Where where shows kind of do that, where they'll be like they'll announce their end when they know they're kind of popular at something, and then go. Um, and and they kind of take that, they ride that sort of uh, momentum, I guess, of like the the hype, the the hashtags and all that, and into the awards, which is perfectly great, and like they totally deserve it. Because the thing is, there's nothing else up there right now that goes up against it, anyways. I don't even think that Dan Levy planned that out. No, no, it's it just yeah, it that's one of those stars aligning kind of things, right? Where it's like. Yeah. The Emmy voters themselves were like, hey, this is a perfect opportunity. We don't have to give it to the other shows because, like, Maisel's already won twice in a row. They're not going to cry a river if they don't win it again, right? Yeah. And of the rest of them in the category, this is the one that makes the most sense. So let them sweep through. It's cool. It's a great story, I think, right? Um, it is a great story. It's unfortunate, yeah. like, that we live in a time, like, you know what I mean? Like, Corner Gas is the kind of show that that would do very well again. Like yeah. if it was if it was to exist in today's world where it doesn't have to exist on a CTV, and back then there was hardly any streaming. I mean, it was one of the first shows that was ever available on CTV.ca, and even then it was like there was no apps. So if that show comes out now and it's got Netflix and it goes around the world, it will it would play very well in Nebraska, right? Like, and it would do very well in Minnesota. So the story of Shit's Creek is so yeah. is, is like so good though like it does so much for all communities i want to say like it right. gives everyone an eye-opening of like how they can 
about inclusion and you know about love and comedy and how those can all be in a story without being the main focus of a story. Yeah. I think my favorite part of the win is Canadian sensibility gets like yeah. showcased, right? Like yeah. Yeah. like we have a specific unique kind of comedy that is compassionate, right? Like American comedy is very like at the like the the joke is on the expense of someone else, right? Um whereas Canadian con- comedy tends to be very self-deprecating. So like that's where it's like we could use more of that I think in the world too, right? So it's yeah. it it if anything I hope it's the kind of influence that like writers in Hollywood take notice of and be like hey shows like this can kind of work. Um yeah, a lot of the jokes were on David, right? Dan yeah, Levy's character, right? like in, who was the main writer. Exactly. Like the tone could kind of change around things like that. That'd be um that'd be cool. Like you know what I mean? Okay, so here's another thing I love about Eugene Levy. Um yeah. So obviously outside of everything that we know about him, right? What what do you think is like one of the things that's most unique about him though? Because there's this is there's something about him that puts him in like a certain group of actors in Hollywood. Oh, I don't know. Tell me. Okay, so like if if I had name like Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Uh, jazz. Christopher Walken. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, Still sticking with jazz. Like a Michael Cera. Oh, now I don't know about jazz. Right? <laughs> I'm going on like the delivery, like the cadence okay. of the way they talk, right? Okay. Like Eugene Levy has a unique has style. a very unique delivery, right? Like Christopher Walken's got that unique delivery, right? Jeff Goldblum's got that, right? right? Like, yeah. so those guys exist in like a certain world in Hollywood where it's like, you we've all bought into the fact that this is just how it's always going to be, no matter what movie they're in and what character they play. Oh yeah, okay. but it's what yeah, brings it. But it's what brings it together, right? Because it's like yeah. Dan Levy can write that role for his dad, knowing the way these lines are going to be delivered is what's going to kill it. He's the best at awkward moments, yeah, right? right? That awkward, silent pause. Like we saw it in American Pie. The guy made like yeah. seven of those movies just based on his like delivery alone. Catching your son having sex with an apple pie. Who else could play that more iconic? Right, because any other person would have done it, like very over the top. Right, it would have been like, "Oh my God, Jim, what are you doing?" Right, and he's just like, "Jim," right. He wants to do his best. Yeah, he's like always trying to do his best as the dad in that. So it's like, okay, my kid's fucking a pie. I guess that's weird, but you know what? I I accept him, and uh, let's have that talk. Not like, what are you doing, you weirdo? Use your hand like a normal kid. Or whatever oh you want to use. Don't fuck my pie. That's for dinner. Right? Like, that movie, as great as it was, probably does not get off the ground without people being like, Eugene Levy was hilarious, right? Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, we don't need to get into that. But that's amazing, right? Like, uh, Re- revisit American Pie. But... No, no. Um, more just Eugene Levy, finally. Yeah. No getting that deal. Was it Dan Aykroyd we were talking about a few weeks ago like this? Um, I, I said that Dana Aykroyd was in a lot of my favorite movies, right. but I don't think we gave him the same praise. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we'd go that far. You know who else has an iconic delivery? Morgan Freeman. Right? There you go. So Morgan Freeman is part of the Fast Times at Ridgemont High table read that I just watched. Have you heard about this? 
Um, yeah, I, only because I love Jennifer Aniston. Okay, and have you seen like the the gifts of Shia LaBeouf at all playing uh, Spicoli? No, That's... no, I haven't. Like, I didn't bother getting into it because I feel like everybody's doing a table read right now. Yeah, yeah, but this was a good one. This is a I did get into like it. a good cast, man. Yeah. So I watched this table read, uh, and I definitely suggest everyone go check it out because it's a lot of fun. Um, Dane Cook. The only reason he's in this cast is because he hosted and like arranged. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. But no, he hosted no, that's and arranged. 100% true. Because <laughs> uh, he hasn't been in any other Brad Pitt movies that I can recall. Um, he missed out. Uh, Zach Shepard should have been with the Brad Pitt. Anyway. Zach's had a rough week, man. Let's let it go. <laughs> okay. Um, so Dane Cook hosted this Fast Times at um, Richmond High, along a little bit with Sean Penn um, and um, two charities, CORE and Reform. So CORE um, is a COVID testing like uh, charity, helps build testing sites and maintains those and provides testing services and things like that. And then Reform helps um, keep COVID uh, outbreaks minimized in like police um, the, the police population. So it was a dual charity. Um, Sean Penn, I think, is part of CORE. So he was there. Obviously, he's from the original Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like his breakout character was Jeff Spicoli, I think. He's come a long way since Jeff Spicoli, for sure. Um, so hosted by Dane Cook. Um, listen to this cast, okay? Don't look it up. Just wait for me to tell you. I'm, no, so I'm looking up other stuff. Okay. So. This is starring Jennifer Aniston as Linda. Love her. Morgan Freeman is the narrator, and I got a funny story about that. Okay, like, okay. Um, Jimmy Kimmel's in it. He plays like a bunch of characters, like young girls, guys. Like he's he's all all over the place, playing anyone who's loose, I guess. Uh, Henry Golding, you know him. He plays Mr. Vargas. Okay. He's from uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Mm -hmm. uh, Shia LaBeouf or Shia LaBeouf plays Jeff Spicoli. He is. Like I mean, he's so good. He would. He be. goes full Shia in this man. He would be. And uh, I really like him. It took me a little while to come around to his weird ways, but oh, I, I don't know. And we yeah. talked about. Um, I'm back on. I saw Peanut Butter yeah. Falcon, and you saw his other one that he wrote. Yeah. I'm back on. I'm I'm on the Shia bus. Yeah. I'm back on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Legend is in it. Okay. Plays Charles Jefferson and Charles Jefferson's his brother, little brother. Um, Ray Liotta plays Mr. Hand. Like, are you like this is crazy, right? Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Plays uh, Mike. Uh, is it Damon or something like that? Um, Sean Penn. <clears throat> I don't know if he plays who he plays. It's a small part. Brad Pitt plays Brad. Yeah. Why didn't he come back to do Spicoli? Uh, Sean Penn. Yeah. Yeah, because you know beneath him now. Take, he's already done it. Well, no, but I think Shia does an interesting version. Okay. He definitely doesn't do. He definitely doesn't do Sean Penn's version. And Julia Roberts is in it too, as Stacy. Okay. And like, I wonder how many of these people like have Matt have like Brad Pitt been in movies with Julia Roberts and Jennifer Aniston. I know he was on Friends. I don't know if he did a movie with Jennifer Aniston. Did he do a movie with Julia Roberts? No, but I believe they have a movie coming out soon. Him and Aniston or something like Brad in a couple Pitt years. And Shia LaBeouf did a movie together. Um, Ray Liotta, has he been in anything? Like these people have all worked together, right? Yeah, like, they've crossed. Paths for sure. Yeah, because they're super huge. A lot of them, right? 
Like that's pretty big to have. Because Ray Liotta like, was on Friends, Matthew I think. McConaughey. For... Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He might have been. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, Brad Pitt. Like, that's that's cool. Like McConaughey. McCon- I was gonna say McConaughey might be the one on that list that I don't really think I've seen work with a lot of them. Yeah. But I feel like he's like the first one you'd call if you're doing a Fast Times table read, right? Sure. Sure. They, he's partied with them. Yeah. Sure. You know what? Like along <laughs> like the. McConaughey makes me think like uh, what I would really want. I would love to see a Dazed and Confused table read, man, because mm-hmm. that stack was like that cast was stacked. But you could bring back different people in different roles now too for that too. That'd be interesting. So well, you, even the original are you Richmond in, High was stacked. Are you enjoying the table reads that all these people are doing now? I've watched which ones have I watched? I've watched um, the uh, Scott Pilgrim. Okay. And I've watched this one. Yeah. And what ones should I watch? Mm, okay no i think i think you have the right approach of just <laughs> no but i think the the approach is you watch what interests you in this case sure right because yeah. it's hard to be like so like the will smith like the fresh prince table read i i love the show but i'm not gonna watch that and their only way of getting people to watch their table read was like look we got the original aunt viv right and it's like oh the fact that that's such a controversy still is like funny to me but I'm not going to watch your stupid table read because of it. Right. Um, no. But I, yeah. I, you know I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the ones where, where they're doing things a little bit different are fun, I guess. And what, uh, yeah. isn't there like a big song that Will Smith wrote uh, in the nineties that we talked about earlier? I did not get jiggy with that table read. Oh, all right. Um, so this was a good, like, okay. So uh, Shia LaBeouf is, is really funny. He's like hardcore smoking weed the whole time, like just getting, just like hotboxing like some some truck or SUV that he has, and like going in and out of it and like coughing at funny moments. Like he's he's so funny. Um, he, like Sean Penn's laughing, uh, Brad Pitt's like laughing through it. It's quite funny. Um, Actually, there's a you know what? Now that you bring it up, the one that made me really laugh that I'm thinking about now is Community when I watched the community one, because it was nice to see Donald Glover show up. Uh, I watched that one. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Right. So that was a good one. That was a fun one. Yeah. Cause pa- uh, the Pedro Pascal was on it, right? The, the Mandalorian was on it. Yeah. 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 Uh, didn't make me laugh as much as this one. I don't think it would be different, tell you right? Yeah. The most awkward part. So as a narrator, so one of the big scenes, um, in that movie was Linda, or Brad, I guess, fantasizing about Linda when she's at his backyard pool. Do you remember that scene? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's that actress Linda that became famous the... because of that? Uh, something with an A, I think, right? Oh, I thought it was Phoebe something. Oh, Phoebe Cates. Right? That's right. There you go. Yes. See? There's my memory. Uh, Phoebe Cates. There you go. See? We didn't need the internet for that. Uh, <laughs> I know. Surprisingly. Very, I thought I did this. Uh, so Morgan Freeman narrates that scene. The weirdest thing in the world is having Morgan Freeman read softcore porn to you. That's how it would read. That's that's exactly like, how it would. It's like Stacy undoes her undoes her red bikini straps and places Brad's hands on her breasts. Like it's like okay, Morgan, like you're getting into the details here, buddy. Like I don't know how to feel right now, but I might have a weird new sort of flex going on. I, I don't know. I'm getting jiggy with. Uh, Morgan Freeman's Freeman. voice, yeah, describing porn to me. I don't know if I, 
I'm going to start reading romance novels and have Morgan Freeman's head <laughs> voice in my head. But uh, yeah. it's it's pretty funny. So I definitely said, like, I mean, Ray Liotta's awesome as Mr. Hand. Like, it's it's pretty good. It's interesting. I, got, I like the table read approach because now we're going to be watching a bunch of new reunion specials, like on the streaming shows, right? Like, yeah, you're going to be seeing a, I think they're still doing a Fresh Prince reunion thing. Um, and a reboot. And yeah, is there a Friends reunion coming on? Friends one, yep. Thing? That's coming on the yeah. HBO side of things. Um, and like, but they're not proper, like they're not a reunion episode, right? It's like a reunion special. So anytime they tag right. it like that, I think anybody should, everybody should be taking it with like a grain of salt. Probably just going to be like a, like a bachelor recap where it's like they just sit down with the six friends and they're like, what were your favorite moments, right? Like, tell me how you spend right. your hundred million from syndication, right? Like, it's just... <laughs> Um, well, I build wells in Africa, right? Like, it's just, it's going to be like, I don't know if it's going to be what people are expecting, um, but we'll see. I think the table reads are a little bit more fun, at least in that sense. I know that they're doing a friend's table read with an all black cast. Um, okay. So it's got like, uh, I never know her name, but like, you know, that Uzmo something, something from uh, Orange is the New Black. Um, and then oh, Sterling. Uzmo Adubo or something like you know Crazy Eyes, Crazy Eyes, Crazy Eyes. yeah. Um, her and uh, the guy from This Is Us, Sterling Brown, are on it, and there'll be a couple other people, right? Like uh, I would think Sterling's probably gonna do Ross, and Uzmo's probably gonna do like Phoebe so far. But I I don't know. But interesting take on it. Interesting. Okay. Because there wasn't enough like diversity in the Friends. Like famously, yeah. I mean, I don't think that show aged well at all. Um, but I, I mean, it's right. not. It's it's like you, we can go back now and look at anything, right? Like, I mean, I love Lucy. You got like episodes where he's literally bending her over in the kitchen and smacking her ass. Like, I don't think you'd get away with that on any sitcom now. Oh my god! Right? Do you know what I watched today? You're this is totally up our alley. Okay, I watched the next Karate Kid this morning. Oh, okay. Holy crap, everyone is trying to rape Julie Song. Right? Like, really rape. Like this guy, this Ned the antagonist character is little literally attempting to rape her. It is so dark. I felt so uncomfortable in those yeah, scenes. Yeah, there's some things that don't age. He chases her down. He chases her down like in an empty kitchen and like trying she's like he's like come here. What are you having? Like what? Like this guy needs to go to jail. Yeah. They're like, it's, it's also 40, <laughs> but it's funny. Yeah. Like some parts it's funny. funny. Outside, outside <laughs> of that, there's some funny parts. Cause it's so cheesy. Uh, I like that. But you know, it is hilarious at the same time. But at the same time, I'm like a little, like, you know, like my sensibilities are like freaking out a bit at the, some of the rapey scenes. Like, I can't believe it. Like this guy tries to rape her. And then there's these three guys, at a gas station who try to rape her too. Like they're like, you're coming with this. Like what? You don't do, you don't just grab a high school, 16 year old high school girl and like try to abduct her. Like that happens many times in this film, this lighthearted nineties film. Fuck. The fuck is right. <laughs> yeah. So I watched that today. Okay. That's an interesting way to spend a day. Yeah, this morning I watched it. That's cool. I watched a bunch of football, so both wasted our time equally. Yeah, and I have finished Cobra Kai. You'd be happy to know. 
Nice. You wanted to talk to me about it last week. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. I mean, like, I think everybody else should catch up on it. I just thought it was um, fun, right? Like, I think it's still fun, like, the way it's going. Uh, I enjoy the choreography um, of the fight. Like the fight choreography. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's fun. I think everybody should still check it out. They get should for sure i know that my uh my sister's watching it now that uh now that we've talked about it yeah i yeah i'm surprised that um we've influenced them how many people already had either seen it or how many people are like where exactly you were like a week ago or just like i'm getting through it i'm getting to the end um so it's fun there's a the new show that just jumped on amazon today i think i'm gonna check that one out now the new john cusack one I'm a Cusack guy, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that show out. See what that's about. Utopia. I will let you know next week if it's any good. It's on Prime. Yep. It's got uh, the guy. It's got Rain Wilson, Dwight, right from The Office. Sure. And uh, John Cusack. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> Actually, John Cusack's in my favorite hor- one of my favorite horror films, 1408. Right. Maybe one of my top five horror films. That's a Stephen King short. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's a great one. Good one. You know the famous thing about Stephen King, right? Which one? There's many. Well, um, so he's written so many short stories at this point that a lot of film students um, who want to make uh, projects like and want to get rights, he will usually option most of those out for like a dollar. Oh. Yeah. So a lot of like film students will have like an original Stephen King short story that they are they will adapt the screenplay and make the movie on for like their cool. film school project and uh cost them a dollar not bad stephen king wow good dude does he hold back his favorites though or? yeah definitely oh, okay. definitely okay it's like this one's too good for yeah I, I think it i think it's one of those cases where it's like um if you find it in like certain collections of like certain published things you're welcome to have it if you write the proper like you still got to go through the channels and stuff right but he'll make it happen um right i thought it was pretty neat. Pretty neat. Has there been any um, professional filmmakers uh, who got their start doing one of his stories? Uh, good question. I'm yeah, not going to be. Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked it. <laughs> Look that up for me. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's a deeper one, though. I'm going to have to go deeper into that one to be like. Yeah, you're good. But I bet you. Yeah, there's got to be someone, right? Um, huh. Yeah, that's, uh, it's kind of like the Bradley Cooper sitting in the audience of the inside the actor studio, right? Yeah, yeah. Who was he? Oh, that was De Niro. Yeah, right? Was it De Niro's Inside the Actor Studio that he asked the question on? Oh, I don't remember. I don't know. So, you like, remember that show, right? Um, yeah, with Robert Lipton. Yeah, Lipton. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? And, like, so Bradley Cooper was a, uh, an NYU film student, so he was in the audience during someone's, and I, it was either Pacino or De Niro or someone, and he asked a pretty decent question. But it became one of those things where, like, it must have been De Niro. I have a feeling because I think it came to prominence like when they were both in Silver Linings Playbook together. Okay. And it was like, hey, here came all full circle the student who asked the question that one day, right? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, um, that's like uh, the, what's his, uh, shit. <laughs> the guy from Breaking Bad. You're talking about Jesse Pinkman? Yeah. What's that character? What's that actor's name? Yeah. Uh, oh, um, Aaron Paul. Aaron yeah. Paul. Um, did you ever see Aaron Paul on The Price is Right? What? No. 
Oh, you got to look it up. I'm looking that up. Aaron Paul, before he was famous, like as a kid, um, or over 18 anyways, young adult, um, was a contestant on The Price is Right. He came on down, and he made it to the Showcase Showdown. No way. Aaron Paul, yeah. uh, He wins, like, a car or something. He wins, like, his uh, thing. uh, Or he wins, well, he wins, uh, I don't know what he wins. He wins the wheel, obviously, because he makes it to the Showcase. It's it's amazing, man. He freaks out. He meets uh, Bob, I think. I wonder if he used that on his demo reel. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Uh, but I, uh, you have any like, on-screen experience? He's like, well, <laughs> Kimmel, I think who did Kimmel maybe who did like a redemption. Okay. Kimmel or Fallon and got him back on to meet Drew and like he respun the wheel and stuff too. That's funny. Pretty awesome. I like that. That's a cool story. Just like uh, Bradley Cooper inside the actor studio. Yeah. James cup of tea. You know, I used to love that though. It was, uh, I loved it. Everybody in the audience was like film, like theater nerds who were living this shit and going to school for it. And my favorite episode of all time was Russell Crowe. Who's who's never gone to acting school, never taken an acting class. Right. Just happened to like, he saw like an ad somewhere in Australia for something. And he's like, I'll fucking throw my hat in on this and does it. And like becomes fucking gladiator. Right. Like, and people are like, all of a sudden he's like in Michael Mann movies, like the insider and just like killing it for like that decade. And uh, then he's on inside the actor studio and he's just like shitting on all these people's dreams of like, Oh yeah, I didn't work hard like you at all. Right. But like, he didn't mean it that way. Like he obviously had done it in a different way. Right. Like that's, I mean, I think anybody can be an actor. I don't think you necessarily need to go to acting school for it. I think... Well, you can have the gift or whatever. Exactly. I think some people are naturals and some are not, right? So that's just where I think Russell Crowe was a natural, right? Like Brad Pitt, a natural, right? Like also he has done acting lessons, but never training, right? Like there's a difference between uh, Orlando Bloom, who is like a classically trained actor. Yeah. And has like studied and has like a master's of fine arts in theater, Anthony right? Yeah, those kinds of guys, right? Who can, um, versus like a Brad Pitt who just kind of stumbled into a Thelma and Louise audition and was literally just, that his first? Yeah, yeah, that was his first like big screen thing, right? That like got him, like it was one of those things where like he could go to other auditions and be like, I've already been cast in that movie with like those yeah. actresses, right? So people are like, oh, that's impressive. Um, but before that, I think he was like, his whole story was that he used to drive around like escorts and be like the security guy in the car. Oh, that's what he was doing before he went on auditions, right? Like, um, Brad Pitt's work history is one of the funniest to me, right? Like, you know, when people are like the stuff they've done before they became actors or whatever, and like some people have done, like, I was a line cook, or you know, I used to wash cars, or like some people have like really, really ridiculous stories, and like he's one of those guys. Um, so I think it's Always fun to see those kinds of people kind of, like, go, for, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's seen it. So, like, yeah. I, I always find it funny when, like, people are, like, liberal elite. Like, no, nah, man. When this guy was, like, 21, <laughs> like, he was in a fucking busted-up Toyota Corolla with, like, a chick named Becky who, like, he was just, like, make sure, like, you turn the lights off. Oh, right? what, the, like, what? 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 Why Becky? Why? Well, I don't know. Becky? I'm assuming that's what the escort's name was that he was protecting. Um, you couldn't think of like a more like stereotypical like Mercedes or well I don't know 
It was the <laughs> 80s, man. I don't think it was that crazy back then. All right. Late 70s, maybe? Sorry, no offense to all the Mercedes out there listening. They're all influencers <laughs> now, bud. Uh, well, uh, I don't know where we're at. Like, that was the Ridgemont High yeah. um, conversation, hey? Came back to Brad Pitt at the end. You like how he did that? Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that called a callback. Um, so, I think at this point, we want to introduce our last new segment, right? It's a segment. It's more of a. I guess it's a segment, right? So we we um we uh, talked to Gorov about a ongoing segment that he's not ready for yet, the Wandering Mind. So uh, I don't know if we'll we, ever be ready for that one. I think it's going to be like a an episode. I th- maybe I th- where we talk yeah, about yeah. a prediction. I think we have to go back to the the archives. Because you know it was a little bit too much, too much work. <laughs> uh, so you know, in a way to keep the show going, I thought of this new one. Um, our listeners, uh, one of our listeners, uh, DW. <laughs> I'm calling people out still because we're not that popular. I want people, the 30 people that listen, to feel special. Hey? Even if we're popular, um, we can still call people out. You know that, right? Yeah. So um, he picked up on uh, something that you were saying on occasion. So you've got a, apparently you've got already a catchphrase. Okay. Here's the thing. You like to tell me, you like to lay it down. You like to give me the facts. Yeah. You're the facts guy okay. of can you confirm that? I think, uh, right? I, yeah. Okay. I'm the jovial buffoon and you're the, the facts guy, right? Uh, sometimes. So give it to me, buddy. I like to keep it, what do you got? I like to keep it straight. I want to keep it honest. Um, yeah. More importantly, like, so here it is. Here's the thing. Um, I just want to make sure that people know what we're talking about. Right. And sometimes I come across a little bit sure of myself, but it's only because I'm damn sure of myself, right? So I think we're going to have to get into things once in a while. Like today we're recording on what I think is a pretty newsworthy day. Okay. September 27th. 2020. Um, But I mean, listen, man, it's nine months into 2020. Every day has been newsworthy. But I would think that this is the moment some people have been waiting for since 2016. Yes. Yes. The man's tax returns. (laughs) have found their way to people who know how to read tax returns. Last year, I paid 10 times more taxes than Donald Trump paid. Okay? Isn't that fucked up? Canada? Yeah. Hey, Canada, if you're listening, go fuck yourself. Because I paid more than Donald Trump by 10 times. I can guarantee you I don't make that. So, a couple of things I have questions with. Not everybody pays taxes, right? Like, I know a lot of people who get refunds. But the thing is, you right. generally get a refund when you've paid too much taxes. Well, in Canada, yeah, right? for sure. Well, even in the States, too, right? Like, it, I mean, they've been... I, I don't want to get into an accounting well, lesson. Right? Like, I don't want to get into an accounting <laughs> lesson, right? Like, the, the idea that... I think it's ridiculous that mortgage interest in the States is something that the average person can deduct. 
I, I mean, I don't understand how that's something that's worth a deduction off of your income, unless it's just something that the banks made the government do a long time ago, and now you can't take it away. That's something we can't do in Canada. I can't sit here at the end of the year and be like, I paid $9,000 in interest on my mortgage, and I'm writing that off of my income. So now you can only tax me on the income I'm left with after that. Do you know how much of a game changer that would be up here? Sure. sure. Right? The, the amount of money that would be back in people's pockets. Now, in the States, that, that loophole, if you tried to close it, would cost the federal government $750 billion a year. Wow. Right? So you close it, and all of a sudden, you're paying that money out, right? So it becomes an issue for them. What happens is when you have a system that becomes so convoluted that big businesses and big finance or big oil or whoever is legitimately writing tax legislation, they're usually writing it to benefit them, but they have to write it in a way that benefits all, right? Right, right. So that means a guy like Donald can take advantage of things that are written for all that maybe he shouldn't have been able to take advantage of. And that's how a guy like him ends up only paying $750 in taxes, right? Yeah. Um, but the difference here is, and I think what everybody really, really needs to kind of, it's a long New York Times article. I get it. Um, I read it, and it was a 20-minute fucking read. And if it's a 20-minute read for me, it's not going to be quick for anybody else, right? So, um, <laughs> okay. Like, I read articles like there's no fucking tomorrow, right? Like, I, I get Here's through, like, thing. six of them in the morning, right? So, like. You're much smarter than everyone else. No, 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 no. I read at a quicker level. Whether I comprehend any of that shit doesn't matter. I just read quick. Uh, okay. Um, but so what I'm saying is be patient, right? Like if you want to be able to really understand it, don't assume like, I don't know, man. I feel like people get frustrated after three minutes of reading something if they haven't reached the end of the article or if there's no quiz. <laughs> okay. Like if, you know, if the New York Times was like, hey, stick around for the 26 minutes it's going to take you, there is a quiz at the end that's going to tell you what kind of tax person you are, right? Like people will yeah. do it. Um, but nonetheless, I think the, the key thing that when you like really parse through this is he declared the 750 as what he believed his federal tax like responsibility was. No, not even like overage, right? Like, it's not like I, he, he was like, after everything is said and done, I only owe you 750. Right. Like, not even like I owe you 20,000, like 750 bucks to the federal government is all I owe you. Now, the most fucked up part about this is the man has claimed 750 for two of, the last years and 11 of the last 18 he's claimed nothing like losses paid no taxes asked for handouts we're now starting to realize why he's had such an issue with the irs because the irs has been auditing this guy since became he before he became president and the case is still going yeah he got a 73 million dollar tax refund and the irs is saying buddy i don't think you were actually due that money let alone has this guy hasn't paid taxes. But now he's sitting there like, you owe me 73 mil? And the only reason he's being even able to do that is because of something that Obama passed in 2008 after the recession. So he took advantage of a loophole. 
where Obama was trying to get other people off the ground, small businesses that had lost money in the previous years, and was like, hey, small, essentially, right? Yeah. Small businesses and whatever, right? But this so Trump, uh, Trump, Trump's industry, but, small business. Trump Industries becomes a small business when it's made up of a hundred small businesses. Okay. Right. So the Trump golf course in New Jersey or the Trump hotel in Chicago, they're all individual independent incorporated businesses. Separate companies. They just happen to Were they all? Oh, that's how I mean that's how they all run, right? Like I've got a corporation and like Right? Like I'm a hundred percent shareholder of the corporation that I own that owns the other corporation. And it's all just because the, there's different money coming into different things. But what I mean is, did he make them all sole proprietorships or whatever you want to call them? Well, yeah. Independently owned businesses in 2008 when that bill was passed? Or were they no, that they, but they would always have been incorporated as separate industries, right? So it's like XYZ Inc., is owned 100% of the shares are owned by Trump Inc., right? But XYZ Inc. might own ABC Golf Course. But ABC Golf Course is made to take losses, right? right? So that they can just pile and pile and pile all across. Nonetheless, that's like one of like 17 fucking nefarious things that this idiot has been doing with his taxes. Most of it, you can kind of say, falls within the realm of like, could be illegal, could not be. It's mostly just douchebaggery, though, right? Like where it's like shell, like you're moving shell money from like one corporation to another, to another, to another, losing money here. And then when you lose money and Obama finally comes in, is like, hey, you know what? We'll help you guys out since the you know, world's in fucking rec recession. Um, you know, if you've had previous losses for the last two years, you can claim those 50% of your losses for the years prior. This guy just took all of his fucking losses and put it in there. Now, the thing is, the only, like, when you start going through the money and you realize that this guy got a $73 million tax refund one year and that he's been, like, fighting and clawing to keep it, you realize that that money was the, like, that was his apprentice paycheck. So if this guy's kicking and clawing and screaming to keep that, does that mean he's got, like, absolutely no money elsewhere? Right. So this guy's telling us he's a billionaire, billionaire, billionaire. And we're doing the math and we know that you've never even crossed 427 million bucks in the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. And most of that came from a one-time payout of the apprentice. And you've already fucking blown through that. Because now the most well, he lost eight million that his dad like that. Yeah, I think okay, well. All of that Sponsor. aside, right? Like, let, So that's the thing, right? He's shown us a pattern of behavior here. His daddy gives us him money. He fucking loses it. He leverages his casinos in the 80s. Fucking goes bankrupt. Twice? Three times? I don't know how many times. He's on the brink again. Right now, he is he's in power pretty much so that he can somehow get the IRS to drop this audit. The IRS has sent it to committee, and the committee has surprisingly, like, I'm surprised that the committee didn't just let go of it because most of those Republicans should have just been like, yeah, we'll let this go. But I think even they realize, like, there's too much here for us to openly be like, we've, cl we've closed this case, right? Like, just let it go through the process. Eventually, it'll die out, and it'll go to the Supreme Court, which are his guys. 
And eventually they'll be like, hey, drop it. But there's too much evidence in there now to know that this guy's been fucking around purposefully on this side. And the worst part is he's got hundreds of millions of dollars of loans that are due that he is personally responsible for. So the difference is he is personally responsible for upwards of $300 million worth of debt that he owes to various different banks around the world and for God knows what kind of favors, right? Holy shit. If you think about it, right? Like you, John Brown, could go out tomorrow, right? And be like, I need a hundred grand. And the bank will be like, all right, man, put up some collateral. And you could be like, well, here's part of my house, right? Or here's my car or whatever. And they'll be like, cool. You're, we'll give you 500 grand. And, you know, if all this shit goes under, we're going to take your house. But this guy's gone to a point where it's beyond that. They don't even need his houses and property and stuff. They're like, bro, at this point, that's just not worth much to us. But we'll take your word. And so when the president of the United States of America comes to you and says, listen, man, I'm good for it. I guess you say sure, right? right? Like if you're if you're Wachovia or any of the other banks in the states or HSBC in Hong Kong or whatever, you're like, I guess the guy who runs the world should be good for a couple hundred million bucks in a few years. So he's been doing uh, he's been doing business while the president. Because I thought that was legal. I thought right? he wasn't allowed to touch it. Exactly. So the thing is, it's like it's one thing to be like, I don't have business day-to-day operations you can like it's it's it, this guy lives in the the legalese world right this is where i'm like he's not stupid he's smart enough to be like listen i've stepped away from the day-to-day decisions of my company yeah okay cool eric trump is now ceo of trump right or don jr or whoever the fuck is leading it but yeah. that doesn't mean like at the dinner table donald's not sitting there like yo we got to find a way to get more money out of like dubai yeah and eric doesn't go and do it and Eric comes back and is like, hey, you know, like, the Russians are pretty pissed. We owe them 100 million bucks. Like, their bank's going to be pretty mad at us in a couple of years. And Donald's like, well, don't worry. I'll figure out a way when I go back to work on how to make the Russians happy, right? Like, it's, it's beyond, like, intertwined. It's just this guy is going to have to find a way to pay his obligations. He could be, like, and here's what I'm realizing after having read all of this. If the law was to actually work, if the Republicans in the Senate and the Congress were actually like, you know, people of like some morals, right? Like even like the bare minimum of like, hey, let's let's let justice prevail and let's do the right thing versus protecting the guy who's their their boss, essentially. He would be the first president in United States history to claim bankruptcy after being president. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure there was others. Should, I'm sure there was others in like 1892 or whatever that fell on hard times at some point. <laughs> but at the same point, it was like, it was one of those things where, you know, well, you were a former president. I'm sure you get a pension. That should be enough to survive your what days. Uh, president K a year? Is that what the salary is again? Still? I think they got up to like 400, 500,000 a year now. Okay. Yeah. So you, like you make money as a, but I mean, but I'm, you're not spending. When you're Obama and you come in, to that job, having owned a Ford Escape and like a townhouse in Chicago, 500 grand's a lot, right? Like yeah. it's more than enough. And it's, especially for that guy. But when you're coming into the presidency, owing 
hundreds of millions of dollars. Right, right. That shit's a pittance, right? Like, that's not going to do anything. So, like, this guy is going to leave, assuming he loses to Biden, or assuming, okay, assuming, assuming he, he actually leaves after losing to Biden, right? Like, because that's a question now. Um, and I think that's ridiculous. Well, We're just sitting here being like, hey, man. I, you can't, those ballots are messed up. You've seen them. Can't trust them. So here's the thing. <laughs> no. So here's the thing. I never yeah. thought that in my lifetime yeah. I would actually be alive and witnessing the end of democracy in America. But, yeah. but you have to realize that throughout the course of human history, people have been around for this, right? That at some point somebody was around in England and was like, really looks like the empire's crumbling, huh? Right. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like there, there was someone who was in Turkey after World War One and was like, so much for the Ottomans. Right. Like, it's just there at some point. Right. Like somebody was around for that. And I never thought I would be like, I never thought our generation would be it. I figured it wouldn't even I didn't even think it'd be my kids. I figured it would happen at some point. But like in the year 2400. Right. Like where we're finally democracy crumbles to the weight of capitalism on some new weird level where like American Idol and Ryan Seacrest run the world. But right. what we're playing, right? But like, but we're seeing it in like the clearest of ways. And it's, I don't know, want to say like, is this how it felt, right? Like, is this how it felt in the thirties to in like Germany is like, was the average person sitting around going, that's kind of, yeah, this kind of feels like it's sliding the wrong way, but like they just woke up one day and it was already too fucking late. I feel like we're at that point right now where we're going to wake up November 4th and we're going to be like, motherfucker, it is too late for this, isn't it? Like when we had the chance to impeach him was when we should have did this because he ain't going anywhere. 100% that's exactly how it happened. And good people fall in line because they don't know what to do. Yeah. Or they want to yeah, hold I... on to their power, right? They want access to their country clubs and they don't want to lose that. Um, and I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like a couple of months away from like sending out an open apology to like Don Jr. and being like, "Hey man, sorry about all the shit I said to you on Twitter. No hard fucking Shoot. feelings, right? Like, dear leader, I'm with you, but like, what the fuck? And we should be a couple months away from like buying real estate in New Zealand and getting the hell away from the U.S. is what we should be. Yeah. We can do this podcast anywhere, man. Like, yeah, right. Let's get some beef because Canada's the first to go for sure. I was well, yeah, they, right. I, that, that, thank you, because I was laughing at uh, Aaron O'Toole, like the new conservative leader, who was all like, "China's a fucking problem." Like, bro, you know, when Donald comes to invade, we might need them. You know what? We have way more resources than Mexico. Yeah, we got all the fucking water. We got. I mean, there's too much. Well, we they they will take us first if they're gonna take anyone. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, of course. And and he's already set the stage. He's already talking shit. Like the the one of the more brilliant things that he does is he he plants seeds well in advance, right? It was two years ago when he was talking about coming in and taking us over because of softwood lumber, and now it becomes like a thing where yeah, he probably Our will. Coal. There's a lot of Americans that he's turned against Canada because we're like hoarding our resources yeah. against them, and we're ruining their yeah. jobs, and you know we're keeping them broke. There's a lot of people, hardworking Americans, who believe him, don't know any yeah. better, 
who believe that Canada is evil. He's done that with uh, the entire state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Every dairy farmer, every person there hates Canada because Canada does not import milk. Right? Unless we're in a national shortage, we will cross the border to bring in milk. But Donald played it out as, look at those fucking Canadians and their milk in their bags thinking their cows are too good for you, you Wisconsin cows. And people in Wisconsin yeah. lost their shit and like literally forced a new free trade thing over milk. And like nobody asked me, because I'll tell you this right now, Donald, I don't want your fucking Wisconsin milk. Yeah. Like if you're telling me it's going to be $3.99 versus $4.79, I'll throw the extra 80 cents my Canadian dairy farmer way, right? Like I'm happy to do that. So to think that the base instinct that this guy follows is how dare you not let us sell cheaper milk in your country and that somehow that's going to rile me up that I can't get cheaper milk just shows how fucking off base this guy is most days, right? Um, What's his like at? Is he in the 40s still? Oh, yeah. Because there's always, there's always going to be... So here's, here's yeah. that 40%, right? 40%, 20% are made up of just the racist people who love him because he is who he is. Because that, that 20% is going to exist no matter what you where in the world, right? You can you can go to Germany right now and you're still going to find 20% of Nazi voters. They, they, they still exist, right? Um, but the problem is the other 20% who, who in the back of their minds know this might be the one we want to sit out and not vote for, but they can't take losing. They can't take a Thanksgiving where yeah. their niece is like, hey, Uncle Timmy, too bad about Trump losing, right? And they will vote for the guy just so that they can be like, we fucking won. So when he takes over Canada, at least 40% of Americans will think it's a good idea. Yeah, and at least 20% of Canadians. Yeah. Right? Like, there's at least 20% of Canadians will be like, I've been waiting for this day. Not only will he take America back, but now he's going to save Canada. Right? Like, yeah. We don't have to pay any taxes now. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like you already have in Alberta, you fucking idiots. <laughs> I've never heard of a province complain more and have so much. I really, you know what? Fuck the West, seriously. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'll cover that one next week. There's the Gorov that, that <laughs> makes me the jovial <laughs> So Here's the thing. Fuck the West. <laughs> well, on that note... Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, send it to a friend. Uh, Especially if they're out west. <laughs> preferably from Nova Scotia or something. No, well, BC is fine. Love BC. Okay. They pay more taxes than us. That's fine. No, that was good. That was, thank you for the, some interesting stuff to learn. I feel pretty good feel like we got pretty jiggy um, i hope everyone had a fun time if you're still listening thanks for tuning in thanks for hanging out with us for the last hour and a half really appreciate it i was gonna do a eugene love you voice but i don't really can't yeah i don't know how to do eugene love you. I, I couldn't thank you morgan i mean like i can't thank you yeah all right thanks everybody Thanks. All right. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>